the Gospel of John, please, if you will. Chapter 13, verse number 34. These are the words of Jesus. But actually, uh, those of you in the media room, let, let, let me go to the... Do you have Matthew 28 for me first? I, I, uh, it's not their fault if we're kind of juggling here because sometimes on Sunday morning I come at the last moment and tell them I'd like to change this. This is Matthew 28, 18. So perhaps you'd go there first and those of you that have your uh, electronic devices and such, you can read from there. These are the last recorded words of Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew. After his crucifixion, burial, resurrection, and prior to his ascension. And Jesus came and spoke to them, meaning his disciples, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. And he says to them, and he says to us, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And now, if you will, John chapter 13, verse 34. Again, the words of Jesus. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this will all know that you are my disciples if you love or have love for one another. I chose for the subject lesson today a love for people. Oh, a love like Jesus' love. A love for people. Stretch your hands my direction. I can only be as effective as the Lord will help me. So, Father, pray for me with your church in the name of Jesus. I I give you praise today for the rich presence of God. Can I get a witness? It is my intent not to leave here like I came. It is my intent not to just be uh, filling the pulpit so we can do our Sunday thing. And it's not the people's intent just to come here and do a Sunday thing. They are here because you've drawn them. They're here because they love you. They're here because they need something like I do. And they're here because we need love and we need to give it away. So make us one together, to, in, not just today, but in you, always, through your word, in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated in the presence of God. In chapter 13, the Gospel of John, we see Jesus talking about this incredible love that we ought to have for one another. And he says that you must love each other just as I've loved you. And if you love each other, everyone will know that you are my disciples. Our, and, and it'll be on the screen, our mission statement for South Metro Ministries again. I want you to know it so well, and I don't expect you to know it one day. I, I've been rehearsing it for over a year. It's in my pocket. It's in my car. Because I need to be reminded, unlike some of you, unlike some of you, I have more years behind me than I have ahead of me. And so every day must count. South Metro Ministries exists to help people find love, growth, and purpose in Christ. 
those two words in the end would mean nothing. You, could, you can't find love, growth, and purpose to your fullest if you don't have Christ. So I, I come today to talk about loving like Jesus loved. I am a student. I want to make two observations from this passage in an introductory way, and then I want to move on deeper into the nuggets of this passage. Jesus said, number one, observation one, we are to love others like he loved us. Just as you and I experience the incredible love of Jesus in our lives, we are to turn around and love one another just like that. Please let me tell you about us, and let me say something about me. Jesus loved me when I was unlovable. If, is that you? We're not here to compare sins and who was a worse heathen than the other. If you're a heathen, you're a heathen. If you're lost, you're lost. If you're a sinner, I mean, oh, well, I didn't fornicate, do adultery and all that kind of stuff. But listen, my friend, if you lied, if you hated somebody, if you gossiped, you're a sinner. Oh, help me, Jesus. I'm talking about love today. And Jesus says in that he could have killed us. He could have stayed in heaven and said to the Father, let them all go to hell. But he loved us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He came and picked us up on the hog pen of our sin, like the prodigal. And says, come on home. Number two observation, if you will. Our love for others indicates our love for God. You can give all the tithe, all the offerings, sing in all the choir, usher all the people, pray in the prayer group, and do all kinds of stuff, be the member of the church, and do all kinds of stuff. But that's not what your testimony is. Your testimony is our love for others. Our love for others means whether they're red, yellow, black, white, brown, purple, or half their hair is green and half their hair is purple, and, and they may not dress like I do. They may not. They, I've had to work through that stuff. Not everybody tattooed to go into hell. I don't know anybody tattooed that they're going to hell. Uh, I mean, but not ever. You see, the Bible says about some of us as Christians, uh, we're like the Pharisees. Outside, we're like whitewashed sepulcher. We look so good. We look so nice. And, and we got the look of holy, but the inside, we, 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 we like dead men's bones because we don't love. Who do they think they are sitting in my seat? I, I, up my seat. I don't think they are praising and worship. Why do they wear those t-shirts anyhow? Because we want to make you mad so you can learn how to love. Our love for others indicates our love of God. The Word of God says, and if you don't mind, just bring up the lights. The Word of God says to Alan Matura, if I see my brother or sister in need and I shut up my bowels, my heart of compassion, how dwelleth the love of God in me? I'm talking about my brother. You are my brother and you are my sisters. I got, I got an obligation to the world, but I got an obligation to you. You are my brother and sister in faith. I may not have the hundred bucks you need, but if I got something to help you, and the Holy Ghost says do it. Now, 
I ain't going to help you buy no cigarette and suck no cigarettes and, and drink no whiskey and buy no drugs. I don't care if you... <laughs> well, whew, I, I didn't know you could feel as good in regular clothes as you can in, in suit clothes. Yeah. No, don't, don't come over here asking me for 20 bucks to go lie and do all kind of junk. And No, no. But, but, but it's not about money only. There comes a time. Our love for you does indicate that we go by the hospital and make a visit. Yeah. Yeah, because it ain't going to be long. You're going to be needing a visit. You understand? I will do a funeral today at 2 o'clock in Cumming, Georgia, for a, a lady I knew only a week and a half. But Denise here, who works at the Cancer Treatment Center of America, told me two Sundays ago, there's a lady called Estelle Paget. She's from Trinidad, and her family from Trinidad. And Denise is from Trinidad. I'm from Trinidad. She said, Pastor, she's in the last stages of cancer. And I met, I met... Estelle, who has four sisters and a brother, and a mother, all from Trinidad. They knew about my dad's ministry. And I can tell you what, this church has 1,400 members and more. We average about 1,200 or more in attendance. And let me say this to you. I, this church will never get, I can't visit everybody, and I can't call everybody, and I can't go to every hospital. But it, I want this to be the church that love built. You all didn't hear me. But I want to empower you. I, I went by and saw them. I went, I went and, and, and I, you know, when I got sick, you all helped bring me out. You know, I told the staff, you know, none of this, if I get sick, oh, don't bother him. Don't send him a car. Don't make a phone call. No, no, call me. If I can't answer, call Valerie. Send a card. Uh, do it, you know. Don't come this business. Well, I didn't want to bother you. No, that ain't no testimony. Uh, when you get sick, I won't bother you either. I just feel the love. Do you all feel the love? I could stop preaching right here and tell you that the Bible says in the, in, in, in the book of, uh, where's somebody's Bible? Yes, Officer's Kirk Bible. The Bible says in the book of, how you open this Bible, boy? Oh. In, in, in 1 Corinthians 13, it's the call the love chapter of the Bible. I can done tell Officer Kirk got this Bible on sale because they ain't got no 1 Corinthians 13. <laughs> the Bible says, look, look, look in 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 13. You got your Bible? Open it up 1 Corinthians 13. It says, love is the superior way. If I speak the languages of men and of angels and do not have love, I'm a, a gong, sounding gong. You remember the gong show? That dates us, doesn't it? And a clanging symbol. If I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries of knowledge and, and, and I have all faith and can move mountains but I do not have love, I have nothing. Don't come here talking in tongues and prophesying over people and saying, i got a word for you when you don't love people. I'm going to have the ushers do their job and usher you down. Look what, look what he says here. He says in verse 3, and if I donate my goods to feed the poor, and if I give my body to be burned, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Don't come here loving other brothers and sisters in Christ when you can't love your own husband, your own wife, and your own children. Come on, come on. I'm preaching to you now. Yeah. Don't come here uh, talking about the love of Christ when you hate your boss, when you hate your co-workers, you hate everybody else. If you don't like them, pray for them. Get another job. Don't go get another wife, because I'll come after you. <laughs> Look at this. What kind of love are you talking about, Pastor? What is the kind of love that South Metro Ministries wants to, to emanate? What's the kind of love that we want to bring out? Look, look, at, look at verse number 
five. No, no, four. Love is patient. Everybody say patient. You, you ever prayed for patience and God gave you practice? I pray for patience all the time. And, and God gives me practice. I get in the longest line at Walmart. And somebody got something in front of me that ain't got no tag on it. And they got to call 15 people because I'm praying for patience. Doctors, they can't help the, the people. You want them to spend a lot of time with you when it's your turn. You go to the doctor's office, take a book. Use your time well because you'll get practice in patience. Isn't it a terrible that they call us patients when we are so impatient? <laughs> I'm a patient in the hospital and the last thing I am is patient. But the Bible says love is patient. The, the, the Bible says love is kind. Driving down the highway and somebody cuts you off. You ain't supposed to wave them with one finger. I'm talking about you Christians, yeah. Yeah, I've come up on some of y'all. I have. Now, <laughs> bring the cameras right here. That's you right here. And I know you all are watching me. Just as much as, just as, much as I, somebody texted me while driving yesterday and said, Pastor, just passed you and honked the horn at you. I'm being watched all the time. As one of you and bunch, one of me and a bunch of all y'all. And I'm watching you. I'm watching how you treat our uh, ushers. I'm watching how you're treating our parking people out there. They're serving you. They ain't getting paid. Preach, little Indian. I think I will. I think I will. Love is kind. Love does not envy. They got a nicer car. Have you found out how they earned it? They earned that thing or they're paying for it out of their nose either way. Be satisfied with what you have until you get blessed. A, a nicer home. Don't go judging people that, oh, God, they, you know, so-and-so, they must be. No, it's just love. And when's your time? See, God can't trust people with some things because uh, they'll abuse it and forget about God. What is the kind of, this is only introduction. Aren't you all getting blessed? I got a whole year to preach on this thing. If the Bible's open, the Bible says, love is not boastful. Love is not conceited. Look what I've done. Look at my degrees. Look at my status. Look at my awards. Uh, the, the, the Bible says love is not conceited. All the time you have to deal with people who are all about me, myself, and I. My happiness. My pleasure. My house. My car. My money. I'm preaching better than you shouting. I think I just preach on anyway. My church. Me, 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 me. We got this kind of attitude in America. Somewhere we got it from. It's called entitlement. The, the government supposed to pay for me. They can't even pay for themselves. What are you all talking about paying for you? If you ain't counting on Social Security, you better leave the last word out because ain't no security in social. Tell them my name is Alan Matura. And I said it. Look at verse 5. Love, love does not act improperly, is not selfish, is not provoked, does not keep a record of wrong. I, I'm preaching here. Look, 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 look at this. And this, uh, this is not even my notes. This is for later. So I'm going to just follow the Holy Spirit. 
Okay? Because I need this. I, 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 when I point one finger at you, I'm pointing it at Alan Matura. I criticize. I find fault. I judge people. I open my mouth before I put my brain in gear. I am guilty. I am absolutely guilty of acting improperly and selfish, and, and I'm easily provoked. Why are you shouting amen, Valerie? I'm easily provoked. That's why I got, that's why I got the spirit slapped. That's why I'm not six feet, five inches tall, 250 pounds, because I would, be, I would be in jail every week. That's not love. Love means I've got to suck it up. Jesus, when he was reviled and beaten and, and, and mocked, he spoke not a word. He went, to, he went as a lamb to the slaughter. When he went to the cross, he could have called down 10,000 angels to kill his enemies, but he spoke not a word because he wanted to demonstrate his love. You want to know what love is? It, love is Calvary. Love is Jesus Christ hung high, stretched wide, and died for our sins. That's love. Love is Calvary. Love is the cross. Love is Christ. Write it down. It's Christ. It's Calvary. It's the cross. That's love. Love does not keep a record of wrongs. I forgive you, but I won't forget it. But that's not forgiveness. Look at verse number 6. Love finds no joy in unrighteousness, but rejoices in truth. We go repeating stuff we don't even know both sides. We go, wait till I hear. Wait till I I got a friend who I have coffee with occasionally. I said, we're going to get caught up. I really do this. We're going to get caught up on the latest gossip. And if there ain't none, we're going to make some up. rejoice in unrighteousness. You know who done what with who? You know what preacher did what with? You know who? We don't rejoice in that. You know who daughters got pregnant outside of marriage? Uh, you all help me. I'll just preach. You know who got arrested for so? DUI? If we spend half quarter, one tenth of the time praying for that person like we do talking about them, their life could be changed. Go ahead and give the Lord a hand clap. Listen. Somebody's mother said, if you can't say anything good, don't say anything. One guy says, he and the wife have been married for over 50 years. Beautiful marriage. And somebody said, well, how do you attribute such longevity to your marriage? He said, me and my wife made an agreement. We got married. We ain't going to argue. And if argument comes, it's one of our fault. And if it's my fault, he said, I'm going to go take a walk in the woods. And he said, I attributed the longevity of my marriage to walking in the woods a long time in 50 years. <laughs> you, you've heard the saying, count to 10 before you open your mouth? That's a good principle. And I've been around us. Some of you need to count to a million. It'll do us good. Oh, I just feel like something good. Man, why can't you get a big print Bible? How can I read this? 
Y'all know this? You remember when you used to do this? Now you go. Love bears all things. That's hard to do. That's hard for you to listen to somebody spew it out in your face accusations and look you in the eye and then you just zip your lip. It takes the Holy Ghost to do that. But you can't have the Holy Ghost. Do not cast your pearls before swines by giving a response that's not been prayed over. Love believes all things. Now that don't mean you're ignorant. It don't mean that you know somebody's sinning you believe they're doing right when you know they're doing wrong. It believes all things, meaning that I believe all things about God. That even though this person is hurting me, even though that I'm hurt, even though I'm wounded, even though I'm bleeding and, and not physically, even though somebody's slandered my character, e- even though I've lost my job and because somebody made a false accusation, e- even, 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 even though my husband is doing what he is or my wife's doing what she is, somebody help me teach. Last Sunday I yelled and I suffered all week. Today I'm just teaching. Okay, I can do both. But, uh, but let, me, let me say, love believes that all things work together for my good to them that love the Lord. Lord and a call according to his purpose. Somebody clap your hands and give the Lord thanks. Love believes that even though the devil attacks me with sickness and disease and cancer and panic attacks and anxiety and depression, even though the devil attacks my children, even though somebody I love is bound by drugs or alcohol or they're bound by pornography or other kinds of sexual, uh, sexual immorality, love believes that there's a good thing about them. There's a holy thing that God will put in them. Love believes that, I, that I'm going to separate the person that they're misbehaving from the person I know they can be and I'm going to love and pray for the person I know they can be. Somebody believed in you. Come on. Somebody believed in you. That's why you're sitting here today. God believes in you. Love never ends. Everybody say, love never ends. Love never ends. Though I am with you always, even to the end of the world. When I preach over Estelle today in coming Georgia, I'm going to say it over her. Yea, do I walk to the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Here's the part I like. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Love never ends. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. If Jesus doesn't come soon, we tarry on. One day you're going to roll my casket in this church. You're going to put me right up here. Some of you are going to come by and see me and say, doesn't he look good? No, I don't look good. I'm dead. I don't feel good either. Bless his heart. He preached 30 years in one church and 70 others. Bless his heart. Don't bless your heart nothing. I'm just starting. Because love never ends. When I shut my eye and take my last breath, as Estelle did, the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord because love never ends. Somebody raise your hands and say, thank you, Jesus, if you know that his love for you never ends. 
Oh, come on. Come on, give my hand clap somebody in this. I was looking over some notes last night, preparing for Estelle's service, and I saw Gary Leo's service that I did, Dan. And I thought, he is in heaven, and love never ends. I'll tell you, I, I, I looked over Riley's service. Did Riley's service three weeks ago? And her mother is probably here, and her sister, Riley, was nine years old. But I want to tell you something about Riley. Love never ends. She is playing all over heaven. She is singing for Jesus. She is drawn because love never ends. I, I, I got to hurry. Look at verse 8. But as for prophecies, they will come to an end. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will come to an end. We go, this world is going to end. We are living in a day and time. Listen to me. Men's hearts are failing them for fear. For the things that are coming upon the earth. Did you all hear me? Listen, Europe is, is in fear because of ISIS or ISIL. Because of we are in fear in America. Let me tell you. But you don't have to live in fear, but you have to acknowledge it. You need to be careful where you travel. You need to look over your shoulders. Can I get an amen? There are people who are praising other people for killing cops. And that is of, the, of hell. My, my, my point is there's coming a day when God's going to judge the wicked. Did you hear me? The devil's not going to have the final say. And radical Islam is not going to have the final say. And terrorists are not going to have the final say. And rapists and murderers, anybody hearing me, are not going to have the final say. And people who show up in malls and show up in post offices and show up in cinemas and try to show up in church to kill people on the whatever thing is in their head, they are not going to have the final say. Because the love of God is going to have the final say. And because of His love for us, He's going to slay the devil. He's going to bound him with chains and catch them in the fires of hell. And we will know one day what real peace is all about. Somebody praise the Lord. For we know in part, verse number 9, and we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes... The partial will come to an end. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I taught like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I put aside childish things. You got to quick, listen to me. You want to know the love of God, you got to do some loving yourself. Love, love Him back. I said love Him back. It's time for us to put away childish things. Did anybody hear me? It's time for us to put away childish selfishness and greed and, and, and pride and ego. And if you, it's time for you husbands to become the priest of your house. Well, my wife doesn't submit. Do you submit to God? Because if you submit to God, she'll submit to you. Well, my wife so-and-so or my husband so-and-so. Get in the Word. Put away childish things. It ain't going to take you long after you leave this marriage and find another one that you think Cinderella. Oh, I found me my soulmate now. This is your fourth time finding your soulmate. Oh, I'm the preaching little Indian. Woo! I'm tired of baby. I told you last week, I'm going to tell you again, I'm tired of being a preacher in the nursery. We got nursery. We got nursery people there. This is not the nursery. Get a life. Put away childish things. Who died and made you in charge? Uh, 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 do you feel the love? 
It's called tough love. Well, now we see indistinctly, but as in a mirror. But then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I'll fully be known. Now there remains three things. Three things remain. What's the purpose of my life? Well, we said to you, South Metro Ministry is about love, growth, and purpose. What's the purpose of all, all that God has done? There remains three things. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Come to the music, if you will, please. Give a, give a Lord a hand to <laughs> Listen to this. I'm, I'm, I'm about five more minutes and I'll be finished. And if you believe I'll finish in five minutes, I got real estate oceanfront in Utah that I will send you. Let me get back to our text. While I come to the music. I don't know if you know about the, the context of John 13. Uh, John 13 is the occasion of which Jesus, prior to his arrest and crucifixion, on the weekend, the week of the Passover, he instructs his disciples to meet him in a place where he will have what we know as the Last Supper. That's John 13. Where, we, where we, he will come and, and, and you read about John 13, he assembled with them. Somebody say, I love you, Jesus. John 13, 1 says, Therefore the feast of the Passover, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he should depart from the world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to what? To the end. And supper already being ended, the devil having already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things in his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God, look at this, look at this. Jesus rose from supper and laid aside his garments, his outer garments, and took a towel and girded himself. And after that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel which he was girded. Look, look at this. The same John 13. Then he came to Simon Peter, and Peter said to him, Lord, are you washing my feet? Jesus answered to him and said, What I'm doing, you do not understand now, but you will know after this. Peter says, You shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered to Simon, If, you don't, if I don't wash you, you have no part with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not only my feet, but my hands, my head. And on down he goes down. Here's the thing, okay? The love of the Lord. The modeling of love. Self-denial. Because, because if you love like Jesus loves, you're going to give up your rights. You're going to be willing to give up your rights. You read about it in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And I was going to preach about it, but this is where I'm going to end. Uh, I, I'm saying to you that in the days when Jesus lived on the earth and in the culture with whom he lived and mingled, the Jewish culture, the nature of travel and roads and highways and deserts, whenever you came into someone's house as a guest, they would provide a basin of pottery and water 
and a servant with a towel to wash your feet from the dust and the sand and the mud and the soil of your travel. And on this occasion of Passover, or it's a holy time, there was in the upper room a basin of water and a towel. But there was no one there to wash feet, meaning like whoever owned the house did not leave a servant there because it was not requested to wash the feet of the guests. And I, I imagine the disciples seeing the towel and the basin began to think about the pecking order of their rank with Jesus. And I can imagine in their mind, I'm not washing feet. Uh, uh, Peter, James, and John, we, we part of the three close buddies to Jesus, so we're not washing your feet. And in their mind, this argument is going, uh, who's going to be servant? Because Jesus says in order to be great in the kingdom, you've got to be servant of all. And, and while that argument's going on in their mind, Jesus takes his outer garment out. Now, he is king of kings and lord of lords. He's the man that just got through walking on the water, calming the storm because they thought they were going to drown a few chapters back. Can I get him? He's the same one that took five loaves, two fishes, and fed 5,000, 12 baskets. So he, 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 he needs to be served. He's the same one that goes all night and spends all night prayer with the Father so that they can live. Can, can I get an amen? He, he, he's, the same, he, he, he's the same Jesus that cast out demons out of one man. He was so demon-possessed they put him in the cemetery and chained him with chains. And he broke the chains and took sharp edges, uh, stones and rocks and cut his body because the demons howled. He's the same Jesus. He's the same Jesus. And somebody should have pulled up a chair for him and set him down and come with a basin and said, Let's, let, let, let each of us watch your feet. Did anybody hear the pastor? See, see, part of my problem, being part of yours, is we're looking for somebody to wash our feet when we ought to be saying, how can I serve you? How can I love you? How can I forgive you? You see, holding grudges is only going to poison you. The person offended you may not know they have, and they're on their merry way. And if they know they have and don't give a rip, why make yourself a prisoner? Let it go. At Riley's funeral three weeks ago, we played the song. She sang it. It was recorded, of course, from the movie Frozen. Let it go! I got, I got to let some stuff go. He just washed all of their feet. And here's, here's three thoughts I want you to leave with. Write it down. This is the love of Jesus. Put it on the screen, if you will. Three things. And I'm not going to preach it because I don't have time. Jesus demonstrated the following attitude. He had nothing to prove. He was king of kings, lord of lords, and mighty. He didn't have anything to prove that he wanted to be elevated in status. He had nothing to lose. He was going to die because another man with another basin in 24 hours. There's only two times the word basin is used in the New Testament. One, when Jesus took a basin and washed the disciples' feet. And 24 hours later, when Pilate took a basin and washed his hands. Now, anybody with me? And said, this man, Jesus, you all brought for me to condemn to die? I find no fault in him. But I'm going to go ahead and let you all kill him. Pilate was an accessory to murder. And he took a basin and thought by washing. Let me tell you something. You can wash your hands all you want to. You wash your bald head and brush your teeth. But if you got sin in your heart, that symbolism don't mean a thing. 
What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Stand to your feet, please. Would you come praise me? Jesus had nothing to prove, nothing to lose, and nothing to hide. Bow your heads, would you? Pastor Matura, I am like you. I need more of the love of God. Pastor, I'm like you. I've been guilty of holding grudges, judging people, looking the other way when I should be extending a hand of assistance. I've criticized, I've found fault. I've I've lived in a spirit of entitlement because of all I've been through and what I've endured that I deserve more. When I look at what Jesus did for me, even though I didn't even know him, and I wasn't even born. I need more of the love of God. And pastor, really what I need is the love of God in my life by way of the forgiveness of my sins and true, true repentance. I need to be born again so that Jesus' death would not be a wasted death as far as my life is concerned. I got a lot of baggage, Pastor, but I'm willing to turn them over to Jesus because He loves me. Heads bowed and eyes closed. It doesn't matter who you are, where you've been, what you've done. Starting today, you can begin a brand new life. No condemnation. Christians, are you praying with me, for me? Pastor, I've raised my hands 50 times. Raise it 51 times. I'm not giving you a license sin. I'm just giving you a license to come home. I'm not talking about the person beside you, in front of you, behind you. I'm talking about me and you and Jesus. I need him as my I need to rededicate my life to him, Pastor. I need to be born again, again. Would that be you? Could you hold up your hands for a few moments? Hold it up high. And, and, and would you? Just me and you and, and God. I'd like to know, you know, when I pray this week, I keep it up. I saw a hand to my left, right. I see many hands. Put them down. Thank you. Please put it down. Pastor, while you're at it, I know I'm saved and everything's right, but... Uh, Sometimes I get an attitude that does not manifest the love of Christ because I've been hurt and wounded. And I need the Holy Spirit to teach me how to love like Jesus loved. I, I, I have nothing to prove, nothing, nothing to lose anymore, nothing to hide. It's all. I want Jesus to look right through me. And I want to live like 1 Corinthians 13. I want to live in the kind of love that you preached about this morning in 1 Corinthians 13. Would that be you? Would you raise your hands? Yeah, I thought it would be all of us. Put them down, please. Thank you. Would the church repeat this prayer after me? Would everyone in the church, loud enough for you to hear yourself, repeat after me? Lord Jesus, I am amazed that knowing what you know about me today, that you still love me. I will not pass up the invitation to be changed. And to be more like you today. Forgive me my trespasses, my sins, the ones I did deliberately, and the ones I did that I may not realize. 
Wash me outside and inside with your cleansing blood. Lord Jesus, let my old self die my carnal nature, my fleshly nature. Die today. And let your love spring up in me as a well of living water. As of today, I am new. Thank you for it. Amen. Sing. Don't leave yet unless you have. Let us sing together. Come on. And if you need to just come to this altar and just lift your hands and love him more, come on. If you just need to come up here and just say, I want to demonstrate my love, come on, do it. I surrender. Oh, that's a good song to move on. <laughs>